Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is brought to you by Mental Health. Mental Health are an award-winning mental health organization, the best in Middlesbrough, and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. Did you know Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of amazing men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy, which allows you guys to have a cuppa, relax and talk. For more information, please find all their socials at Mental Health. It's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, and it's www.mentalhealth.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy, it's the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, and what a week it's been so far. The championship is back. It's in full swing and being away in New York is absolutely heartbreaking. I'm gutted that I'm missing the games, but thank God for the streaming service, which doesn't really work, but kind of works. Um, it allows me to see the games in full throat, full flow. But let's start this podcast, um, of course, with the with the signing of Jordan Hugel on a, a year-long loan. A Borough man, of course, um, looking to prove a point on Teesside. And, and I, for one, am actually delighted with the signing. You know, Hugel brings something different to the Borough line. He's, he's a bit of a bruiser and and a menace for championship defenders and he's comfortable with the ball in the air and or with his back to goal and I think that's what we kind of need is a, a different option you know um, we do have the likes of, of Britain I still think there's, there's a place for him but I think Hugo will give him the right competition we need um, along with Gestet of course um, and potentially another striker if we look to bring one in but um, I thought Asombalonga was great on Tuesday night. I think that has to be said. Um, he works tremendously hard on the pitch. He's always running. And he looks better when there's there's wingers trying to run behind him um, rather than just being being starved. And I think it's very exciting for the Millsborough fans to have Hugo join the club and give Asombalonga a lot of competition. Um, appreciate Bamford was here and he, he did score a number of goals, but he just wasn't a Pulis type player. Um, and I think Asamba Longa, Gustav and Hugel will be um, and it'll give us the, the right the right direction up front and we shall be excited by the competition that it's it's going to be um, but in in terms of our transfers and obviously transfer deadline days is today but um, we recently 
tweeted yesterday about the the borrowers who borrow play, sorry the players that borrow are linked with, um, and it comes with our, our first question by Josh Luke. It's Josh Luke underscore fourteen, and thank you for your question, Josh. Um, it's who do you think Bora need to sign to have a successful season? And I think it's a it's a great question. And player signings or very little of them can actually dictate a season, in my opinion. Um, but in in terms of players, I think we do need to add another central midfielder to our play, um, especially if we opt to play three central midfielders um, for the whole season. So the likes of Bezic and the likes of Harriata, which was a surprise to be to be linked with, he's a sensational player for Bournemouth, but. Um, the players that stand out for me is Bezic, of course, for the he's a bit of a bully in midfield. We've seen him last year, um, and we improved a lot with him in midfield. He was able to take the ball from the defence and bring the ball to the forwards, and we needed that. Um, but I believe we could go up a level with the likes of Harry Arter instead. Um, if we can get both, that would be probably in dreamland. But Harry Arter is a fantastic football, and yes, um, I still can't forgive him for his dive when we played Bournemouth, but um, he's very, very gifted on the ball, um, and and we we would benefit a lot of him, a benefit a lot with him in there. Um, he's able to pick a pass either through ball. He's quick interchangeable passing, and it's kind of what we need. But would it be a fit to a Tony Pulis style of play? But with that said, um, and uh, being linked, I think we should still give Lewis Wing the chance. You know, he's been tremendous these first two games three technically technically three assists but he's been awarded two um but he's a player that allowed us to be very quick on the ball and caused Sheffield United and Millwall some problems um and he if we were to bring those in he should still stay in that team in in my opinion for now until we are given a reason otherwise um but the, the thing is and what I think fans should really realize is that with these transfers and everyone screaming for an, a number ten to to come in, but I don't see really a point in a number ten coming in if we're going to play a flat four three three and be very very stubborn with the tactics that we play. However, if we were to, there's two players that probably come to mind f- for me. Um, it, it's definitely the likes of Lee Tomlin and, and Luke Freeman from from QPR. Um, they're more or less my ideal players to actually bring in. Um, Josh, I think if we were to go into a, a four-two-three-one or a three-three-five-two, um, which we we could have the the ability to do that, um, it would be ideal to bring those type of players in. Tomlin, of course, we know about him from his time at the club previously. But Freeman, assist king, very very talented on the ball, be a fantastic sign, especially for the money we'd be able to get from too. Um, so there would be the kind of like number tens I would look to bring in, but in other areas, Dreamland, of course, you can probably take this with a pinch of salt. But if we were to like get the likes of Adorma and Balassi in, who have been linked of late, of course, you've been following the page. Um, they would be the most ideal scenario. They'd be the pace that we would need to be injected into the squad and, and the quality that we we need for the likes of Hugo or the likes of some some belonger that we actually do need. Um, of course that's a dream scenario um, but if we can get one of them either it's Adorma or Balassi I prefer Balassi if we can keep him fit that'd be a tremendous tremendous signing even if it was a long, year long loan or a signing for the, obviously the, for how many years we, we'd keep him here and kind of finally um, at the back you know we, we do need signings pretty much everywhere on the pitch but 
we do need fullbacks um, like Knudsen is is okay. Um, obviously Ipswich uh, right back haven't seen too much of him if I'm really honest. Um, but potentially a good signing if, if he was to right, be the right fit. Tommy Callas has just been mentioned, um, but I think we should have a look at the lot if we can. You know he's he's been at the club before. He's at Aston Villa rival very very difficult probably the chance to get him but he's he'd be ideal for me Ermond there's a the name which springs to mind Derek Williams at Blackburn um he's he's pacey he's, he's strong he, he had a good season um last year um and you could give potentially give friend competition you know I think George in my opinion is on his last legs now I think he was last year um and probably the year before but no one's been able to dislodge him from that position I think losing Joe Bryan was a bit of a loss. Um, he's going to to Fulham now, so we kind of dodged the bullet a little bit there. And if he wasn't really looking to join another championship team, but I think Derek Williams could be could potentially be another replacement for George in the long run. But if we do play three at the back, then we potentially don't need George anymore. Um, we like Dale Fry, um, Ayala, and Flint could comfortably fit those roles for us. Um, so, moving on, um, it comes to the second question. It's from Sam Wardell, and it's S. Wardell, 1989. Um, for the question, he says that regarding Pulis' comments about the team, whether we're good enough for promotion or mid-table, what I should say is, is this, and it's very, very clever from Pulis. It was very much more of a, a textbook reaction to anything to get a to reaction from the players to kind of prove him wrong on Tuesday. Um, I thought the Millwall game we were very very poor um, in the first half and we were slow to build a play up we we lost possession in, in bad areas we gave, we just gave away two simple goals which Pulis would be ideally pissed off at I think every fan would be pissed off at but could you can really blame the cobwebs for that um, but as long as it doesn't happen again I'm not bothered but I think the reaction that Pulis wanted was what he, he got um, on Tuesday night you know, um, yes, we've lost a lot of players, but it's time for those players that are coming in or the younger guys to step up this year, like the likes of Lewis Wing, Harry Chapman, Marcus Tavernier. Um, they're very, they're coming through and the very good talents, but they do need to step up. If they don't step up, they should be probably they'll probably be moved on. And it's sad from a Borough fan perspective who wants the academy boys to come through, but they have to step up. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. Um, I do think there is a chance for them this year. This is probably the best chance for Chapman and Wing to come through. Um, I believe Wing will probably stay in the team for a few weeks until someone dislodges him, but the likes of Chapman, he needs to put the groundwork down. And if he's not going to get a game, get him out on loan. Get him some of that game time that he, he needs um, to develop because Chapman's a very, very good talent. He's very, very good. He's very quick. Um, he He's just very skillful. He's he has the potential to be very special, Harry Chapman. Um, but whether he gets his game time, and he's also he's very very young too. But he needs game time, um, especially at his age. And hopefully, we can kind of kick on with that. But back to the question, um, in in terms of are we good enough for promotion or mid table? What I should say is this: um, the first ten games don't mean anything um, it only really tells you what teams are like and how they're going to play this season um, we've seen that with the likes of Leeds where they were just beating everyone last year and then they just crumbled 
can be potentially the same thing. Um, but is the squad good enough now? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, we showed that against Sheffield United and we showed that with character against Millwall. Two teams last season, of course, which were pushing for that playoff position and we've managed to be unbeaten. We've got four points from them with two teams which had a lot of academy players in them. So, yeah, of course, it, it, it's good enough. It, it, of course, we can actually make that, but it's the championship. Anything can happen. Um, but promotion-wise, yeah, I think it is potentially good enough. And I think with the additions that we make on the transfer deadline there, you know, we should be look. We hopefully be in the right direction. But in terms of outgoings as we move this podcast along, um, Ian Smith, um, unbelievable guy, um, follows the page a lot. Um, Ian, um, at, he's at Smithy MFC eighty four, um, Smithy underscore MFC eighty four. Um, he said, "Was Braithwaite's performance last night evidence of him knuckling down, or was it more of a case of him putting himself in the shop window?" In my opinion, um, Martin Braithwaite does not have a choice at the minute. Um, he has to play well. He has to be excellent for in a Borussia shirt. Um, his spell in France last season didn't exactly set the world alight, and he only had a couple of assists. He didn't score many. Um, so he doesn't really have many suitors to actually to leave. Um, so kind of he has to give everything in the Borussia shirt. But what I should say... Um, is this and it's it's a good I think it's a good point to, to prove that Middlesbrough are in a win-win situation here with Martin Braithwaite um, if he plays well and, and wants to go then we'll get money for him um, we'll we'll find a suitor for him um, by the end of August 31st for the foreign clubs but if he wants to stay it's like kind of like a new player coming back um, he can contribute to our push he's very He's very, he's a very technically gifted footballer. Um, he gets you, gets your bums off your seats, and I think he's the type of player that Pulis would probably want in the team this year. Um, even though we had, he had a bit of a spat, um, last year. But if I'm honest, I think he'll go. Um, where I have no idea. Potentially back to France. Um, but hey, it's a win-win if he's scoring goals for us and he's getting us three points and helping us with our promotion push while he's here. Then we should celebrate that and give him the support that he probably needs um, and speaking of his performance let's move on to the the Sheffield United game of course 3-0 half time two set players crossing the box as well for for the third goal see when I check my phone um, I've watched the game I watched the game back uh, a couple of hours later but I checked my phone seeing 3-0 at half time and I was like Jesus Christ like they must have had a man sent off surely but as I watched the game, it was very, very clear on our tactics and how we, we played. It was very much in your face, pressure them quite quickly. That early goal, which I talked about a lot last season, came into play. Um, and it'll happen again at the Riverside time and time again. And we have that amazing start of, I think it was from 2014, from when once we scored first, we, we don't get beat at home. Um, and that it's, it's an unbelievable start. But teams will come here to frustrate us and they will this season. And what we have to do is get out of the blocks quite quickly and we did that against um, Sheffield United and that was the big change from the Millwall game the Millwall game we didn't really look arsed if I'm honest we looked lethargic we didn't really look too bothered um, until like the last 20 minutes when we changed and we put the young guys on injected a bit of speed um, but that first half against Sheffield United we, we deserved to be 3-0 up second half probably not so much but 
the second half when you're winning three nil, um, it can be very very difficult um, for for any team. So the the away team might potentially call up shop and try and damage limitation, um, or we might take the foot off the gas. You know, ideally you don't want that to happen at all. But as a professional footballer, you kind of think the game's done now, and I think we kind of just passed the ball around when we got a little bit tired. Um, but that's understandable at the start of the season, and I think it's a good result to help us push on in in, in the league. Um, but in terms of Millwall, it's we can quickly forget about that. Um, it it was a result that came a bit of a shock when I seen us two 0 down. I was just like Jesus Christ, absolutely horrendous. Typical Borough, we need players urgently, um, but the, the character that we had was something that we do need this this year and we, and we need bags of it if we want to be promoted um, of course let's go back to the game itself against Sheffield Sheffield United and Matt Innes um, it's J Matt Innes um, and Innes is spelled I-N-N-E-S and we said how many goals do you reckon Flint will get new, this new, this season is he the new Ayala Ayala hasn't gone anywhere um, but the likes of him and Ayala um, Flint and Ayala at the back will cause a lot of problems for defenders on set pieces um, this season. How many goals can he score? Pff, you just don't know. You actually don't know. I think he has potential to hit double figures and the way that we play with the long throw into the box, the the corners brought the corners in the start again. The corners um, that we're putting in the box, having those two there, we're going we're always going to be a danger. And um, if they can get like. 10 to 15 goals between them this year that could be the difference from us getting the playoffs on mid-table or, or getting promoted ideally hopefully it's promoted but if it doesn't we've got something to build on um, and show that we're attacking and get have goals from all different areas um, and it, it kind of falls on to more of like the, the last question for us um, it's from from Josh Luke um, again it's Josh and Scott Luke 14 and he says how do you think Borough will get on in our next five games in the league with Birmingham Bristol City away uh, West Brom at home Leeds away and Norwich away on paper um, every single game of the championship stuff you know you have to take them one step at a time and that's very very cliche from a manager's perspective and being a coach um, I generally try to focus on every game as a coach it's, it's just as simple as that if you look ahead you get complacent um, but there's a lot of potential there for us to pick up points um, Birmingham at home a bit of a, a toxic atmosphere especially like Gary Monk but if we get the first goal I can see us taking the three points quite comfortably there Bristol City and West Brom and Leeds I'd be happy with probably six points or five, six points out of them. They're very, very difficult games. All teams are going to be up there this season. Um, West Brom have a point to prove. Um, they've only got one point so far. Um, Leeds, Marco Bielsa, they were absolutely fantastic against Stoke in that first half. Um, against Bamford again, it's going to be a good atmosphere. You would definitely take a point at Ellen Road at this point. Um, but we just want to, to win football matches, but we need to take them one step at a time. Bristol City might be a little bit easier with the likes of some of their key players leaving. Um, and Norwich away is... We struggled a lot against Norwich last season. So, ideally, I would take five, six, seven points from those. Um, and like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, it doesn't matter. These first 10 games 
are irrelevant for the rest of the season. Um, it helps you build. A, they do help you build a foundation, but ideally, um, after ten games, if we were seventh or eighth, then I'm not really too bothered. Um, if we were low down the table and we were seventeenth, eighteenth, I'd be I'd be slightly concerned, but I wouldn't be panicking. I don't think anyone should panic in those situations. But those after those ten games, then the season starts. In in, in my opinion. Um, we should enjoy these these first ten games. Relax a little bit. It's it's not going to be it's not going to dictate the season. These first ten games, so don't worry about it. So let's move this podcast on. Um, and as we we go towards the end of the podcast, let's start to break down the the Birmingham game, which was coming up on on Saturday. Um, Gary Monk returning to the Riverside since his departure. Um, after the Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday victory. Um, of course, and the way Gary Monk left the club was bizarre. Um, the rumor has it he was talking to another club. Um, either Gibson fell out with him. There's a lot of different stories about how Gary Monk left the club. Um, so it's, it'd be very interesting to see what type of type of re- uh, reception he's going to get. But what we're going to expect from this Gary Monk team, you know, the likes of Yotta and Magoma, the players that we should be we should be having a, having a look at him in terms of. Where they're they're going to score and share them as well. Who is a very very talented footballer, um. But how do they play? You know how was Gary Monk set them up? Um. Well, for a start, they do like a long ball. Um. Like like was um. So I'm that Pulis ball. Um. Just FYI, before I, I go into to Birmingham, I seen a tweet um a couple of days ago about Tony Pulis playing dinosaur football, and someone said that. If that's dinosaur football, then give me two tickets to Jurassic Park. I thought that was an excellent tweet. Um, I can't remember who, who said it, but um, Tony Pula's style of football has been quite entertaining, in my opinion. Um, it's not this this cliched, old, dinosaur, boring football. It, I've actually enjoyed it. Um, but in terms of Gary Monk's teams, Yotta and Magamella love to cut in inside the box and play that through ball to Djokovic or Chadams, who tries to run behind the, the back line. Um, but in terms of the long balls itself, they're always in Lukas Djukovic, a former military man, of course. Um, and they'll try and spread the ball out to the wings so he can run in the box and try and head home. But with the likes of, of course, Dale Fry and, and Aidan Flint, we're hoping to try and keep him limited at, at all costs. Um, so how are we going to cope with that comfortably? Aidan Flint, man mark, on corners, Djukovic, absolutely fine indeed. Harley Dean, of course, who we... You know, I um, had his comments about Brentford a couple of seasons ago. Um, he will be looking to score from the set piece, of course. But I think we would be okay very much on on that front. So how do we generally break them down? I think they're going to come to the Riverside, um, and just defend. I think that's my my brutal opinion. I can't, I can't see them coming out to the Riverside and trying to play expansive football. I just don't think that's their style of play. They'll try and keep compact and make things quite difficult early on. They'll try and give it a go um, in stages, and you know you can't always stop the opposition from creating chances. Every team will create chance. They'll always get one chance, no matter what. So it's defending that in the in the right areas. But they'll give it a go if if the game's tight with after sixty minutes, and I believe they will have a couple of chances to try and score. But if we do get the first goal, we use our wings quite quickly, and we use. Lewis Wing, who was tremendous, like I've always mentioned earlier in the podcast, but get him on the ball. 
dart the ball out wide if we can for Braithwaite or Downing to, to run on to and get some balls in the box. Um, and I think we'll be fine. I think if we do get that first goal, we'll kick on quite quickly and we should take all three points at the Riverside on Saturday. If we don't, like I mentioned, it's not the end of the world. If we get a point, yes, we should be beating those type of teams. But again, it's purely trying just to get different players into different positions and trying to, to get the three points. But as I rounded it up, um, I thank you again for listening to this podcast. I love doing them. I can't wait to get back to the Riverside after my stint in New York's over. Um, but this is the Borough Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.